0: This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18+. plus. Build terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details, begambleaware.org. Please play responsibly.
1: With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com.
2: Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com/slash AI for
3: all. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the
1: Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala Smart Oven while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup simplify mealtime today with Tovala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A dot com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. tavala.com Tovala.com.
4: It's Kevin here for our Celtic State of Mind and welcome to your Wednesday Bulletin. Today this Bulletin is sponsored by the Penalty Spot. The Penalty Spot is in Sword Street in Glasgow and if you're looking for any Celtic memorabilia or framing or get tops framed or anything like that, pictures framed, Kevin Tate's your man. So if you've got anything that you need done for Christmas, go to to the Penalty Spot in Sword Street and Kevin will sort you out. Brian... How are you? You've been you haven't been here for a wee while, so I may as well come to yeah. you first.
0: I'm well, glad to be back. It's uh, good to be a hump day hero once again, <laughs> and a Wednesday warrior, or a Wednesday. Other W word we get called sometimes. Um, well, miss you, lads, it's good to get back and, and talk to Celtic again on a on a typical Wednesday.
4: Colin, we're going to this one's got to be a concise hour because you're going to dingwall so you, um, you, you're indeed, driving off uh. to Dingwall in a couple of hours, right? so?
5: Long journey ahead, but hopefully it'll be worth it. We'll bring home a three points, so a bit of luck. It'll just be who lines up for the team tonight, and that's what we're going to be discussing.
4: That's what we're going to do. We are going to discuss that, and we're going to have a look at other things in, in, in the world, of Celtic as well. But I'm going to go into the comments right away because John C- Curl, Curie, sorry, that looked like an eye. I need to get my glasses sorted. Um, comes in with a great point. i will come to Colin with you that... I'll come to Colin first with us. Winning tonight is imperative because winning the league is vital. However, winning the cup is important, especially psychologically. As we as we become winners again and get our first silverware. Colin, if we have a look if you have a look at the cup cup final first. Can we actually say it's defining Imposter Coglu's reign? Can we actually say it's season-defining, or is it still just far too early? Or will it just give us a boost to see us right through at the end of the season? There's a lot lot of variables here.
5: Uh, Definitely. I would say it'll give you a boost if you win on Sunday. I don't think if you lose, it's the end of the world, to be perfectly honest. I mean, although I say that and I will feel as if it's the end of the world if we do lose and I'm sat there at Hamden, but in the grand scheme of things, the league is the kind of bread and butter that we need to to pick up this year. Getting back to Hamden, getting in amongst the, the trophies, that's a really good thing to be part of, but it'll mean nothing at the end of the season if you've picked up the League Cup but you've not won the League or you've not won the Scottish Cup or anything like that. Nobody will be saying, that's a fantastic season. They'll be saying, it was a great trophy, it was nice to pick it up, but how come we couldn't do it in the league? So, As you say, there is a lot of variables into it. I think the way that we've approached each game this season, it's been a 90 minutes at a time. I don't think that Postacoglu will have allowed the players to even think about Sunday. I don't even think he's thinking about Sunday just now. For me, his thoughts will be on tonight's game. And you speak about variables. You take a look at what's happening down south, how quick a squad can be decimated by the current COVID situation. You can't think too far ahead. Just get tonight out the road and get everybody safe down the road. And then you can start focusing on Sunday. Three points tonight and a trophy on Sunday, that would be a fantastic week for the club.
4: Brian Cole makes a great point there. I mean, I think we all expect the players not to be thinking about Sunday. But we're fans, we are thinking about Sunday. <laughs> That's what we do. We're always three steps ahead of each other, eh? And it's quite this this is cup final week. It's been built up as cup final week and tonight. We've got a tough game in Dingwall, which all should take care of itself. But we are looking towards Sunday, and like on Sunday, we could have two exels sitting in the sitting in the hub's dugout, which adds a complete another another twist to the cup final tale.
0: See, I, I I disagree slightly with uh, calling so many things because I think Sunday is absolutely imperative. Because I think if you look at it. If you look at the narrative around is coming in, a lot of people were on board with him right away. I think we all were on board right away. Um, but there is some niggling doubts, some questionable things still. And if he goes to the first final against Hibs and loses, after all that story, after overcoming all those things, I think that could be devastating, affecting the team for the season. I think the fans would really start to question. So I think as much as tonight's super important in terms of the league, which it is, We've got a lot of time to make up in the league. There's still a long way to go. We've only got one game to win the cup, and look, you don't. It's not the case that you can pick one over the other, right? And I want to see a Celtic lose a drop points ever. But if I was to, you know, the is can rest anyone. I think we should rest as many as we can tonight. And that's been disrespectful to Ross County because if you consider the performance against Betis, it was an entire unfamiliar starting eleven. I'd wrap as many people as I can and in Cottonville for Sunday because I think drop points tonight would be devastating. Losing the cup final would be disastrous, I think. And I think, I think, if they'd asked me a couple of weeks ago, to say there's no way we can drop anybody for the squad. But the Betis game, and that was a decent Betis side. I don't know strongest was their, their strongest 11, but it's a good side. And, uh, and we performed really well. And I think, you know, the the, the benefits, if we made a few changes in Beat Ross County tonight, we a so called second string um, and then win the cup. That's huge for us moving forward, especially getting into
5: January. I, I don't see how we can even overlook this game tonight. Ross County, as much as they're sitting towards the bottom of the table, have put in some good performances this season. I, I, I saw the, um, the Celtic Analytics boys posting out that if you look at their stats and the chances they're creating, they should be further up the table than what they are. And you take a look at it. When Ross County keep a clean sheet, they win games. That's been the key to their success this season. We're going up there tonight without a striker. We don't have a striker at all. We're going to be playing David Turnbull up there. It was a struggle at times at the weekend there. We can't afford to rest anybody tonight. If we lose tonight, Rangers will win that game and they'll go seven points clear. We can't keep letting this slip into January and into the new year and thinking we're going to catch up at some point. We've got to stay as close as we possibly can. I know it's a risk ahead of Sunday, but you've got to do it. See, if James Forrest and Kyogo could make it tonight, would you play them? No. Right, so you'd rest players, wouldn't you? But that's not resting them. There's no way that they're 100% fit to play yeah, that game. Yeah, if they could play tonight, but maybe only 60 minutes,
0: would you play them for the start, or would you keep them for Sunday?
5: I'd put them on the bench and I'd bring them on.
0: Right, so you, you wouldn't start them, There's a point. That's what I mean because it's, for me, it's too much at risk. I get what you're saying because I think it's be a hard game. Like right. I definitely do. I think we'll win, but it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's no really like we're in the position of a cakewalk. I just think, you know, if this was was the best way of putting it, because I don't think you're wrong. I don't, you know, I see where we're coming from. I just think if we had, if it was a, the choice of risking one of them to make a cameo, trying to rescue three points or saving them, I would probably save them.
5: If I'm honest. See, see the no. thing you mentioned about sorry, Kev, the no. thing you mentioned about fans turning on Posta Coglu. See at the end of the season what are fans going to be more disappointed than Posta Coglu and the fact that we didn't challenge for the title or the fact that we got to a final and we lost to Hibs. Now Hibs, on in my opinion are a far better team than Ross County and even with our strongest team they're going to give us a good game. So I know they've been on a terrible run of form as we say, maybe we Maloney and Caldwell will be in the the, the dugout, I'm sure if that is the case and Celtic do win there'll be allegations of them lying down to us or something along them lines because that's how the narrative goes but 90 minutes at a time, the league is the bread and butter, the prize for the league is well beyond the trophy of winning the Premier Sports Cup for me so you can't afford to, I know you're talking about resting players, Keogh and Forest would never come into consideration for tonight if they're available for Sunday, even better but this is three points tonight. You have to win the three points. Look at what happened when we had this terrible injury run at the start of the season and we dropped points at Ten and we dropped points at Livingston. The, the fans turned on them. We have this run. We have to just keep picking up the points.
4: I think Brian I'm going to ask you a question here do you think your, your decision to rest players is based on the hindsight that we've all got after seeing Kyogo go off injured against Real Betis James Forrest last 20 minutes on Sunday then Mikey Johnson last sixty sixty 60 minutes after that before he went off, off injured and 100%. what uh, so it's based on hindsight, and everybody's going to say Postacoglu got it wrong last Thursday night, of because what happened to Kyogo, and even though, like he said, Postacoglu says yesterday, and and in the in the press conference that he is nearly there, whatever nearly there actually is in Poster Coglu's world, um, it's hindsight, it's it's influencing that, Brian. Eh? Of course, I mean, look, just for context,
0: so as I'm clear. I said at the start, if it hadn't been for the, the performance against Betis, I would never consider resting anybody. But I actually think we, we might have enough in the sort of so-called fringe players to win tonight. And the thing about it is, if if we can't give the likes of Scales a start against Ross County for fear we're going to get beat, it's shouldn't be at the club. So we, we have to we have to have faith in the squad. And, if it's the, and I think against Betis it's shown that actually we've maybe got a wee bit more when you say strength and depth, right? But we've got a bit more quality on this the sort of sidelines than we thought we would have had. And if that's the case, I don't see any reason why we couldn't pitch a couple of them in. I'm not saying change the whole starting eleven, But just make a couple of changes just in case. Be sensible because A, we should be able to they players should be able to go and play against Ross County. If they if we can't afford to make any changes against Ross County, we're in worse trouble than we think. That said. I'd, it's not the case that I'm saying, oh, this game is no important. Let's just play, you know, sixteen year olds the whole game and win the, the cup. Because you could be the case we could play that good beating and win the cup anyway. But my point is, we've got, I think we've got enough after better game to make a couple of changes to just secure, given how how light we are at the moment, to secure the squad for Sunday.
5: What? But it's different perspectives, isn't it? Yeah. Is, what changes uh, would you look to make for tonight's game out of curiosity? So
0: probably the guys at Scales would come in. Um, I'd maybe have Sean as well. So I'd maybe rest McGregor. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, maybe maybe rest actually. Sorry, keep McGregor. Because Rodjick, again, he's no, he's shown as good as he is. He's no great weekend, midweek, weekend, midweek. Sometimes, could they be the break at the best of things? Um, so maybe we have Shaw for Rojic, so you can beat on Rodgick, then so beat on the Vegas. Um skills at left back. And then you're just you're no risking an injury a full back, say if you pass the bench, you can come on and push around a bit further up. You put a badder through if you're struggling, it still gives you options there. Um if you go to the players playing. Um so I, I me personally I just think it gives him a bit of confidence. We could be able to do it. Um, obviously we can, and it, maybe, um, the boy Moffat, maybe give him a start, as well, because Mikey Johnson's only just came back as well, remember, and what you, do, what you do, is throw him in, in 40 minutes, he gets injured,
5: he's out,
0: he start like a Moffat, and then bring Johnson on, something like that,
5: he's out the game tonight, Johnson's it's, not playing,
0: I was not? a he good, so, that's, uh... there's,
4: a, there's a couple of comments here, but I understand where Brian's coming from there, like, Brown Warrior, comes in, play the best team, Barca boy, every match is important for Celtic, we can't pick and choose. And Sean F picks up on something here that Brian just says, would you risk playing Rogic tonight? He's one of the players I'm hesitant in playing. Colin, what's your thoughts on that?
5: I think a lot of this comes from the fact that we can't seem to manage to get through a ninety minutes without picking up some sort of injury recently. Um, I don't know if that's because they've not had their their turmeric, Kev, as we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. As a joke, before somebody jumps on me, there. <laughs> Um, or it's just the amount of games that we're playing in such a short period of time. It's, it's look. This is going to be a tough physical game tonight. They are going to come out and have a right good go at us, and they're going to try and kick us off apart because that's what they've they've shown that they do to other teams as well. But i been
0: like to do it as well with the, the, the standard refereeing. You don't even
5: mind um, like the players. i we could have a two-hour special on the standard of Scottish refereeing this season. It's been dreadful. Um, look, Rogic is the most intelligent footballer that we've got on that park. And considering that the space is going to be tight on a narrow pitch up there, you're going to need to try and get the runs in behind. He's going to be the one to kind of put the key in the padlock tonight to get through that defence. There's no other player that can step up and do that. The question for me is, who do you play up front? Because we saw that um, Turnbull was up front at the weekend. His movement wasn't the, the greatest. He's not the quickest player. Mobile
6: phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. COX is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on COX analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022, and COX serviceable areas. Visit cox.com internet for details.
2: It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct consumer, for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more.
5: There's been talk, and I know that uh, Jim has been a big advocate of this, of playing a badder through the middle. I think tonight, if you're going to do anything, that's the one. The only problem you've got there is who's going to play left and right of him, is it a case that you're going to need to try and pack the midfield with midfielders and have the fullbacks as your only option going up and down the park, which isn't how Postacoglu wants to play, or do you play someone out of position on that side? You look at the way that Henderson stepped into the game against Betis in the second half, playing on the left-hand side, when he's not a left-hand side player, there's players that probably are going to need to play out of position tonight, would Juranovic step one forward and Ralston come in at right-back? Questions like that will be the, the the kind of big decider on when the team comes out. I don't think Moffat will start. I think it's a bit much to kind of throw him in, but he is a good option to come off the bench. I could see the likes of Joey Dawson being there as well to make up the numbers tonight. We, we are very late, as you said, but you've got to try and play your strongest team. If you can get 2-3-0 up, then start resting the players and look ahead to Sunday. But the three points need to be picked up tonight. Anything less and there'll be loads of questions to answer tomorrow
4: Brian I'm actually more relaxed about tonight because the game's not at Celtic Park the reason being he's he's actually touched on it there just now actually watching games of football apart from the St Murn and Dundee games at Celtic Park this season has been utterly horrendous Um, the, the the way that teams have came and set up the way that teams have came to actually cheat, time wasting, boot us off the park. The way that their managers have moaned when they've left Celtic Park, um, it's been utterly shocking. It has been, it's been terrible to watch football at Celtic Park this season, and that's no Celtic's fault. I'm talking about guys like Martin Dale, Nielsen, uh, and Graham Alexander on Sunday. They're 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 an absolute disgrace to football. So I'm actually quite glad this games away from home uh, uh, tonight. I can get where you're actually saying to rest players, but I'm having a look at my team here, and and I'm having a look at the squad, having a look at my team, and I'm recalling I think the only choice that we've actually got to make I think Turnbull will be through the middle today uh, tonight. The reason being that Ange Postecoglou's already says that was only one change, that was only one move, moving Turnbull further forward. Mm-hmm. If he was going to move a bad and Forest, it, it meant moving a couple of players. So he only, he only choose to move one. On his right-hand side of Turnbull, I've got a badder. The reason being because there's nobody else. And on the other side, I've got Montgomery, like he'd done against Bettis. Um, in the middle, I'm playing Rogic because we actually do need to win this game of football and Tom Rogic is, uh, is vitally important for us to win this game of football tonight. Uh, I've got Beaton there in the midfield. I've also got McGregor. At right back, I've got a question mark. I've got Juranovic or Ralston. But then... Colin made an interesting point. Could Jiranovic play up top in the front three on the right-hand side? So he did or,
5: in the second half?
4: Or could he also play in the midfield? Could he also play in the midfield, which means Beaton wouldn't play and you could move McGregor back to that sixth role if we are going to utterly dominate the ball. And we do get more space in away games, we really do, because teams just didn't seem to actually park the bus as much away from home.
0: I mean, the, the only danger of playing Juranovic and Ralston is you're playing your two right backs again. Uh, and yeah, I imagine we get a couple of hamstring injuries for that. So mm. that would be what we although I do think it's an option. But then this is when I'm saying you could maybe have an option like that come off the bench. So, see, because I would probably start Ralston tonight just for the physicality side of it. Because um, you know what you're going to get when you go up to Dingwall. And Juranovic could come off the bench and just add a wee bit of spark. Maybe. It's something to think about. In terms of, the, the, the play with no strikers I mean we still dominated Mullerwell we did I think we'd 70, we had 70%, 70% possession 26 shots in goal and you know in another day it was a, a, the one line, the one now scoring absolutely flattered them so I think the players are clever enough and I think McGregor dropped in a couple of times tumble dropped deeper they sort of rotated that between them it's far from the ideal but I do think you've got the thing there and the reason I said maybe start Shaw it's just because of that because if he can bring forward he's got a big physical presence for crosses and stuff which is another thing that we we, we might need to utilise in a game like this but look it doesn't really matter who plays you want to win the game and the the 11 he picks should any any Celtic 11 without any disrespect to Ross County should be able to go up there and win
4: Colin that's an an interesting point Brian makes because when you look at the team against Betis with Shaw and Scales in it, and also uh, Urigide, it was a physicality there in that team that has they been seen all season, eh?
5: I definitely. I mean, Urigide had a, a pretty shocking first half against Betis, but then it was as if he kind of just had the uh, the Looney tunes magic juice and came out in the second half and was a complete different player. He was it was as if we'd swapped him for somebody else. He was fantastic in that second half to the point of I have seen people on social media saying he was a man of the match. Now, they obviously forgot his first-half performance, but he was very, very good in that second half. When you look at it, though, as Brian says, there is a bit of physicality by bringing guys like Ralston in, and that is potentially where you could see the link-up with him and Juranovic um, on the right-hand side. For me, if you're talking about physicality, then you're looking at it and you're saying, we're going to be playing Adam Montgomery on the left-hand side. And I thought Adam Montgomery struggled against Betis because of that. He didn't have the physicality side to him. So... You're balancing it up on one side and kind of losing it in the other by having uh, young Montgomery in there. Now, hopefully there's a bit of space that he can get in behind tonight and he can kind of find that space out there. It, there is, it's a difficult one. There's one person that we've not spoke about yet and maybe I've f- forgot that he's injured. James McCarthy, where does he come into this?
4: Well, strangely enough, eh, Poster Coglu says yesterday that McCarthy was fit. I didn't realise he was injured again. So maybe that that says, but Poster Coglu says yesterday that eh, McCarthy comes back in.
5: He he looked a bit kind of fatigued towards the end of the Betis game. Some people say that he was grabbing his his hamstring towards the end. Um, But then... (laughs) He's not somebody that's played a lot of 90 minutes over the, the kind of years, so that could have easily have been cramped or anything like that. I think if you're looking for intelligent footballers to break open a defence tonight, McCarthy comes into that um, discussion. Yes, he's not the most attacking-minded player, but some of the assists he's already had this season have been good. So you're looking at it, potentially could it be McCarthy, McGregor, Roddick as your, th- your three and in then turn below off him?
4: No, no, Brian, I'm always looking at ways to get near beat on out my football team. I'm always Sir, that that that's just the way I'm defaulted. That's my that's my trope, that's my running joke. McCarthy comes in for beat on. You into that?
0: Potentially I I think McCarthy needs you know, I, I think there's much emotion muchness with him. I don't think either of them offers that much going forward. Um but they do, do the, the kind of dirty work. Um, McCarthy I think after about 50 minutes he was absolutely dying against Betis but did see the game out to be fair Um, yeah again again, I think you know I've kind of made myself clear about changes I don't mind if there's changes coming in I think it's good to freshen up the squad now again and given the, the crucial season it'd be worth it I don't think you're losing much putting Nero on the bench and McCarthy coming in I think they're they're very much similar type of players I don't think no thing maybe say about Beaton is he, he looks a bit more confident than McCarthy. I think Beaton's actually by his standards has had a good season. Well, no, maybe not at the start, but since since he moved into midfield. So if I had the choice to pick between ideally I'd pick Beaton. But given the fact that I fancy you know, keeping the strongest players for, for Sunday, I would probably say McCarthy comes in aye?
4: So McCarthy comes in there. Sean F comes in again with another good point um Colin, wouldn't mind Henderson on the left wing as well. He's not a winger, but he can play the position. He's technically better than Adam Montgomery. I gave Montgomery my left-hand side spot in my team, mainly because he has the let us down this season, and Poster Coglu knows that he can trust him, Colin. That's why I never... When I was having a look at the left-hand spot, that's why I went for Adam Montgomery
5: there. Yeah, I, I would agree with you, because... It is actually his natural position, is that sort of left-forward role. And he has got Angers back in this season. He has played them on several occasions. The one thing I did notice about Henderson, though, which is an interesting one and could be something to come on to uh, later on into the game if we, we'd start to stretch it, for his goal against Betis, it's the cutting in from the left. Now, we've noticed that from Abada this season. We've noticed it from Jota this season. The cutting in and catching it at the back post. I don't see a lot of that from Montgomery. Montgomery tends to stick to the left-hand side and to stick to the touchline, and he doesn't tend to come in. Henderson gambled and got himself on that ball. What was the biggest surprise for me when you look at uh, Henderson is, do you know he's only played 11 or 12 games for Celtic? I thought over that time we'd seen a lot more of him. But in the appearances that he has put in, I don't think he's put a foot wrong. And for me, the one that always stands out is that game away at Tencastle. Uh, when Neil Lennon came in as the interim manager after Rodgers left. was mm-hmm. the Brendan Rodgers collection? Um, but he, he put in a performance and I would like to see more of him. I just don't know where to play him in that role. Because you, you a- spoke about resting Roger Brian. That is sort of Henderson's role. But he, he's very similar to McGregor and the fact that he can play sort of anywhere in there. McGregor could play wide left tonight if we had somebody that could step into McGregor's role, but we don't. So, it's, it's an interesting one.
4: I th- I, Brian, I find it really interesting that you say rest who you rest. And, and uh, right away, I'm thinking back to what Poster says yesterday, that he doesn't like making too many changes that are going to disrupt the rhythm of the team, which makes me think that it will be looking at the minimum amount of changes mm-hmm. for tonight. Um, we, we can discuss it. I reckon he has got a big choice at right back. I think he has got a choice at right back between Juranovic and, and Ralston. Um, who would you go for?
0: Um, I'd probably go for Ralston just to the physicality, um, and again that, that was the reason I thought bringing Sean. Um, no, he's a striker. Is you know just to get that clear, but just as an extra attack threat, you know coming out of the box late. Um, but again, it's listen. It's this is really interesting discussion because all three of us are probably right. Do you know what I mean? Because it's so hard that any any decision he makes tonight, you have some people saying it's the wrong one, some people it's the right one. It's, that's that's my Celtic manager and we're broadcasters, but it's, <laughs> uh, it's such a it's this, you know it's such an unenviable task tonight because it's, it, the, the only thing I really criticised us this whole season was for bringing on Kyogo um, the, the other day when he got injured. I thought that was a poor call and I've been a, one of his biggest supporters so it's um, either way it's such a listen when, when is the last thing a game against Ross County been so important and so exciting and so talked about it's brilliant it's, it's part of the, the fun of the season isn't it it's so exciting and so curious how it's going to pan out and there's so much riding on it it's uh, it's great it's nervous I mean it's, 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 if you saw me in the live stream I a bag of nerves but uh, <laughs> I don't know
4: to do it it's the other place um, but can wait it seems like we've got post-Kyogo stress, actually. Um, <laughs> after Kyogo going, going off injured, but now, uh, as uh, Stephen McDonald comes in, don't overthink it. Well, it's Angie's job is not to overthink it, but we've got an hour to fill, so we need to overthink it quite a bit. Um, when I wrote my team down, I'm going to tell you my team, Colin. My team's Hart, Juranovic, uh, Starfelt, CCV, Taylor... Beat on Rogic, McGregor, Abada, Turnbull and, and Monty. Um, the reason I'm going with that is, now, I don't think it's been mentioned enough. David Turnbull's attempted lob at the weekend mm. is, one, is one of the bizarrest things I've ever seen at Celtic Park. I thought he'd done well eventually. His touch was a bit off at the time, but he'd done well eventually in a role that's completely alien to him. But we still created twenty chances. We still had twenty shots at goal. We missed three massive chances, and it was Rogic that missed all three of them. Absolutely massive chances. And you look at the way that we create chances, Colin. We get to the byline and we cut the ball back. Mm -hmm. We get we get to the byline. We put decent balls into the box. That's set up for guys like McGregor, Turnbull and Rogic to to step on 18, 16, 17 yards out and and strike the ball into the back of the net, ain't it, Colin? So sometimes maybe having a centre forward isn't as big a problem as what we're actually making it out to be when you look at the stats from Sunday.
5: We just need to do more of that though, Kev. There's been a lot of times this season where the ball hasn't really got to the byline and cut back. It's been the case of it's got to maybe the 18-yard box and a whipped cross has come in, and these players that you're talking about there, they're not the ones that's going to go and kind of get on the end of that. We, we do need to try and get through the defence tonight. We do have to try and pass through them, and there's going to need to be a lot of patience tonight. A lot, a lot of patience tonight as we try and get through them. We might do it within the first couple of minutes, and that'll be brilliant, but you know it's few and far between when you manage to do something like that, so... I get what you're saying, that it would make sense if you can get to the byline, cut it back. We should be lining up with the players that we've got there. Even Beaton will probably have a pop from about 25 yards out. If It's not a game that Beaton plays if he doesn't take a shot. But I still think we're going to miss that sort of hold-up play, that out ball that you've got the, kind of, the player to interlink between the two. If Turnbull drops deep, who's going beyond them? That sort of thing, you're still sort of missing this out tonight. I do think we will have a lot of the possession. I think we'll create a lot of chances. We just have to be patient and wait for the goal to come.
4: Brian, when we're talking about uh, delivery for the wide areas, this is whoever's playing wide this evening that's so important. I'm... I'm, I'm, Something just came back to my head there, where a badder burst into the box in the second half on Saturday and completely skied across out for a out for a, out for a shy when I can't I think it was Turnbull was standing himself in the middle and Rogic was at the edge of the box. We haven't got a centre forward. You can't put in hopeful boys. We've got to be measured from the byline, eh? We've got to be measured from the wide wide areas where we haven't got this centre forward threat.
0: Yeah, I mean <clears throat> I think we. The- the interesting thing about this, I, I can agree with I think Jim's mentioned it a few times but I've always thought he looked like a striker playing it right. Uh, he doesn't. I don't know. He's, he's kind of kind of funny player. I, I would quite like him up front tonight purely because I think the way we play even with his pace just chasing people down or creating space will then open it up for guys like, like Thumbler as we say or, or Montgomery or, um, or that sort of out. So I think there's room for that, but yeah, yeah, we've been wasteful to be fair, and even Kyogo has been as well. Big, big Tony gets slaughtered for seeing it, but we've been missing a lot of chances recently. We've been dominating games, and I see the start of Tanella, twenty-six shots and goal against normal we scored one, so you know there is a wastefulness at times, and I think some of the crosses for the wings are hard to deal is is reliable, wide... For that, of course, he's a good and actually so is Ralston, but a bad. Uh, I they're either absolutely pinpoint or he skies There doesn't seem to be any, you know, in between. But I think that's indicative of his season because he's either been excellent or rotten. You know, it, it,
5: it's, it's one or the other. Kev, okay, you ready for this? Mobile phone companies
6: say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet.
2: Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I wish we
5: had Ryan Whoa. Christie tonight.
4: That's a
5: klaxon and a half. That
4: is the kind <laughs> of... Well, if, of I was
0: it, was grief, if I was getting grief for wrestling players, you can not me to grief. I
5: generally wish we would someone like Ryan Christie tonight because he's so versatile, can play on the right, the left, through the middle. We've not got that in the team. Someone that can take a shot from the edge of the box. I know it might end up in whatever lock it is that's up in Dingwall. I don't really know my geography that well, but someone like that, that creative sort of player, that's the kind of player we'd be missing tonight.
4: Colin, I'm going to go even further, and I'll put this to Brian after I make this wild comment that I'm going to make. I reckon Ryan Christie would have been our player of the season so far in Poster Coglu's Celtic because he suits exactly what Postecoglou wants from a midfielder.
0: Possibly. It depends whether they played him, though. I mean, I, I just think he, he sort of played him wide left, didn't he? The, the few games he had on the Poster Coglu. He was good, but I, I think he's, he's better in the sort of Roger number 10 role. Listen, it's... it's, it's ifs and buts. Um, I thought actually Waxall would have been really good in Foster Colgham's team because of the way he plays into that
4: midfield. So... L- no, me, me and Brian, last season seemed so long ago, I've actually forgot guys like Waxall <laughs> played for us. I mean, that
5: that, aware, that, I, that, that, just, se- that
4: just seems like a different universe <laughs> that, that Lachsolt was running about in a Celtic jersey.
5: Uh, yeah. But I suppose we shouldn't reminisce too much on last season, lads. Let's take no, a look forward.
4: No. Let's, let's take a look forward. I'm going to, I'm going to bring up this comment uh, for Ronaldo, uh, 1888. There's no much difference from for a right-back to a left-back, right-mid, left-mid, in the Celtic system. So we must have options. They're not doing much different in every game. Colin? Sunday afternoon, I think it was about eight odd minutes, Juranovic gets to the byline and puts in a fantastic cross, I mm-hmm. think for a bad a, a, a at the back post to head it in. After seeing that comment and after thinking about this mayor and mayor, I'm getting more tempted to put out Juranovic either on the midfield or further up front.
5: Well, that's what I was saying earlier on. Playing the two of them, I think they've got good chemistry when they play together, Juranovic um, and Ralston. You're talking about bringing Ralston in for his physicality. To be honest, Ralston's um, overall play this season has would probably earn him that position so far. Uh, I know a lot of people said that Juranovic uh, had a very good game at the weekend. I didn't really see a lot of that. Um, I think having that link-up play also helps in the fact that Ross County is probably going to have Regan Charles Cook up front tonight. And he is a speed machine, an absolute speed machine. So having an extra defensive cover in there will help for any of the sort of breakaways that they get. And you're also adding another threat from a corner from having Ralston in there. Do you know what I mean? Juranovic isn't really going to put himself about there at the corners. We're probably going to get a fair few of them. It's, it's worth it for me to kind of play the two of them tonight. Then the, the thing is, if you kind of get to the stage of maybe a goal or two up in the second half. You can take one of them off and the one that comes off will be the one that starts the cup final.
4: Definitely. What do you, what do you think of that, Brian? Do you agree with that or would you go for something different? No, I think it's a sensible approach.
0: Actually, I, I, I did like that combination. I thought we did work well together. Um, I, w- I would still be hesitant about playing the two of them in one game just given the the, the sort of injury crisis. But you thought about Uri Gidi, so... <clears throat> I've long said I think he was um he's a he's a centre back playing at right back. But well, you know, you can maybe have him at right back where you're up a bit further up. A badder through the middle, um, Monty left, Scales at the back, Henderson the Roderick role, and uh McGregor and Beaton. That could be some changes and then you have you the dynamic and then you know, things the things gone well, Uri Giddy could come off, Ralston could come on, gives you that option. There's things you could change, but what I, again, it keeps going back to the original point. Whatever team we play tonight should be enough to beat Ross County. And, I, and I'm not being disrespectful to Ross County because I think they're better than the sort of league position suggests. I think they're a, they're a decent outfit. Um, and we are away from home. But I, I think whatever way we line up should be enough.
4: Hopefully. It should be enough, Colony. Eh? And it could just be, as I say, I think we've got post- traumatic stress actually the way that we've actually fought but I mean we've got eight players out injured Colin mm. we have got a right we have got a right to be worried we have got a right to be worried going into any game because we're at the start of our journey under Posta we still somebody mentioned a way way back at the start of the comments that like one in this. there's a lot of players in that dressing room haven't won a trophy there's a lot of players in that dressing room have they been to Dingwall so everything is new. Everything is new in the squad. And we're going into this way, not like under previous seasons, if we go under if we go under like the Rodgers team, who were virtually the same for three years, we knew week in, week out what we were going to get. We can't say that, and I think that's actually playing on our nerves. I think it is. And I think that's why we're over overthinking things, eh?
5: I saw an interesting start the other day and Postecoglou's already come out and put the blame on himself for this for the fact that the amount of injuries we've picked up because it's his style of training it's his style of playing we've played by the, by the time we play Rangers on the, the second we'll have played 38 games already this season that is a ridiculous start by the end of the season we'll be playing close to 60 when you look at the team when you look at um, Postacoglu's former teams and the amount of games they play a season By the time we have played 38 in January, I think it was like five out of the last seven seasons. That's the total amount of games he plays a season, or manages a season as a manager, because of the way that the league format is over there. By the time Mm -hmm. you add in qualifiers, by the time you add in the League Cup, the Scottish Cup, and everything else in between, it just shows you that we're kind of sitting here going, the squad depth is just not there. And when you get to January... I mean, I'm looking forward to the signings that look as if we're going to get the, the kind of um, over the line for the early January, the, the three players from the J League. I still think you need another one or two because even with those three players, eight players out injured the way we've got it right now, that's still a very light squad. If you add one or two into that squad just now, it's still not up to the standard of where you want to be at.
4: Brian, what I'm going to say is I reckon this is going to happen in January we're going to get the three Japanese players over the line and we'll more than likely sign Jota permanently and that'll be it I think that's our business in January I know what Colin's saying but I can't see us getting any more than the three and signing Jota permanently Does that sort us out going forward? So I think,
0: so I think Colin's got the optimistic view you've got the pessimistic view the realistic, realistic, the, the, the realistic view. The realistic view. But I think so, uh, the only way we get more than the three players in is if more than three players leave. Uh, if Bolling Goalie, Barkas, Ayeti all leave and maybe some guys go out and loan, then I think they'll get in more than the three you mentioned. I think Jota is a definite. I think the definite sign would be crazy not to. Even if it's just a sign and move him on for a bigger fee. Um, so I'm kind of, I'm actually kind of somewhere in the middle of you two because I think Colin's right in the amount of players we need. You're right in the amount of players we're likely to get. I think it depends on who leaves because I just think if you look at the balance books, I think they will go right three players a time because we need them. But if you want more, you need to shift some players off. And uh, So I think that's going to be key. So um, I think you're probably right, Kev. I hope you're right, Colin. I'm in the middle.
5: Great I'll friends. be honest. I'll be honest there. I'll be surprised if many players move on in January. Well,
0: that's I, my
5: I that's don't that think reason. I don't think they well. Obviously Yeti seems to be a long term injury concern, so I can't see him moving in January. Barkas might be the one to go because he's sitting there currently as the fourth choice goalkeeper. I think he'll keep Ballongoli around for a bit longer till the summer. And then it might be the odd sort of B team player getting out on loan. I don't think you'll see others going out there. As much as it would be great to get guys like Sorrow a bit of experience and playing week in, week out, I think with the the sort of intensity and the training and the games that we've still got coming up, I think you'll just keep them around.
4: Again, and we've also got this, Brian, we've also got the the ever-present pandemic situation which seems to be ever-changing over the days and some players just won't be able to move. Because of because of restrictions will get put in place, and some clubs will just go, no, it's not worth the hassle getting putting guys in quarantine for ten days if that is still going to happen. I mean, because it was John Swinney was on Radio Scotland this morning. I, I don't know, I don't know if he's actually heard it, and he basically did say did say that Nicola Sturgeon wanted to put restricted capacities on certain events, and I think that's still coming. So I think if football again is going to be not targeted or hammered, but it is going to be it is going to come under certain restrictions over the next few weeks. And that could affect these guys coming in for Japan as well, Brian.
0: Yeah, that, as I say, that's why I think you're, you're, you're probably spot on in terms of what we like to get. We can't spot on in terms of what we need. The, the, the worry for me is, uh, listen, we don't know what's going to happen with these restrictions, if they come in or not. Obviously, safety first, people say is more important, but if just imagine, imagine after all that time nobody at a stadium to, to lose that again. It's devastating for a, for a supporter, but um, in terms of the actual football, of it, I think they're right. It's, it's, and Postacog has said that, to be fair. He's been quite open when he's been talking about transfers. He says, look, he could not change tomorrow. He says, I don't want to say we've got three guys coming in because something could happen tomorrow and it makes me a liar. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So um, I think he's been fairly clear and. The fact he's mentioning it now, there's probably some fear or some anxiety within Celtic Park that
4: that that could happen. Uh, Poster actually says on Sunday calling, after after the, the silent protest was sort of saw fans turn on each other in the last 15 minutes with certain sections of the crowd singing to other sections of the crowd, other sections of the crowd giving abuse to the guys who were singing. I says that the the, the the Celtic PLC would have been sitting in that uh, sitting in the parent seats in the main stand laughing because their divide and conquer tactics actually working. But Postacoglu says after that game, he says football meant nothing last year without fans. Mm-hmm. And once again, I think they're staring that barrel in the face.
5: Uh, I think sadly that that is the case, Kev. Although, but the signs are things they need the purse strings to be listened beforehand. So somebody keep the purse off a sturgeon, please. Um, because I'm quite enjoying going and being at the football. Um, like as you say, as Brian said, everything can change over the last couple of weeks. Um, nobody really seen this coming six weeks ago, so um, it could all change. All I can say is just everybody keep safe and hopefully we'll uh, keep backing it up. Going on to the sort of the, what you mentioned there about the the fan protest, and I saw. Obviously, the, the thing about Juranovic after the game when he was interviewed about it and he was quite confused about what's going on. I think there's, there's shared liability to be had there. Um, I think the liability lies between the club for not actually providing an update. I mean, everybody saw the, the kind of rumours that came out on, was it the Wednesday or the Thursday, that um, Bernard Higgins wouldn't be part of Celtic Football Club and that he'd already got another job lined up. It's about time Celtic actually just put a statement out on this. Just meet with the groups. Yes, okay, the fans, as a silent protest, the right way to go. It's open to debate. It's open to debate. Fans turning on each other. If this is what Celtic's board's mantra is, and that's what they want to come out of this, then shame on them
4: i'm I'm just making a wild accusation there that's what they want because the, the the fact is they don't they don't like comment they don't comment on anything and if it is now like affecting the player's brain if the players are now starting to ask questions, the club have got to come out and say the club have have, have to come out and say something now the club could have nipped us in the bud two or three weeks ago, but they haven't. They've allowed it to rumble on for whatever reasons they feel fit. If it's now starting to affect the players, then they've got to take action, Brian. Aye,
0: eh? I, listen, I, I disagreed with calling it the, the start of the show, but I totally agree with him there. I think it, that was wonderfully put. I think he's exactly right because it, it, it is, it's, there's so much split responsibility with it. But The fact is, irrespective, the bold silence is again... Exactly the same as last year. It's it's not just lazy. It's disrespectful, and it's it. It seems spiteful. And the thing, that its it is. It'd be such an easy win See, they just came out weeks ago and said, "Listen, we're aware of your concerns. Don't worry about it. We hear you. That's on the only direction we're going in. You don't even need to mention the guy's name. you all know what we're talking about. They can get around that. Release a statement. We're listening to you. Don't worry. We've got you." Or announce who they have got. But for them to sit there, as Colin said in a view said, They watch the fans turn on each other, which is the last thing anybody wants. So much of last season where things were going wrong, fans were telling each other apart on Twitter. It was tribalism at its worst. It was horrid to watch, especially for support. And, it, and you know, when, when these protests started and the letters it actually united the Celtic fans because we all said, no, this is not on. But it's now getting to the point the board's silence is actually causing people to, to you know argue amongst themselves and that's not that's not what you want at the stadium. And if it's starting to affect the, the players, it's not just on the, the Green brigade or you know whoever else starting the protests, it's not on the fans fighting against them, it's on the, the board above. They, they could have fixed it and they don't want it. And it's either, as you say, it's either negligence because they don't understand what's happening, in which case they're not fit for purpose or they're being spiteful and arrogant, in which case they're not fit for purpose. I just hope it, it fixes itself sooner rather than later, because say said at the start, there's so much to be positive about this season in terms of the club, the players, the gaffer, you know, getting back to the grounds. There's so much to love and enjoy about being a Celtic fan again. And you can't, they, for this to be a point of discussion again, and fans fighting each other and arguing, is, is so disappointing to me
4: definitely just before we we move on from that point if you're given if you're watching us and you're liking what you're hearing please give us a wee thumbs up please uh because it helps the channel longer term uh, David Kelly, the board didn't ask the GB to sit quiet like wee lassies. The fans being angry at them isn't the board's fault. I despise our board, but this isn't on them. I slightly disagree with that, Colin. This is on the board because the board have actually caused us Be one, looking to appoint Bernard Higgins in the first place and two, not commenting on the
5: situation. Yeah, well, first of all, I think we can move on from comments like that in this day and age, Calling people wee lassies. I think that's long gone from... The, the way that people should be talking nowadays. I've apologies if you see that as woke, but that's the way we should be. But he's got a point to the, the point that just because the Green Brigade or the boys group are the ones that start the singing, it doesn't mean that they're the only ones that can join in the singing. If they were to be out of the stadium, if they didn't come to the games, where's it, are we saying that, oh, we don't like them because they're not singing, but we're not going to sing either? Come on, there is there's sixty thousand games. The groups that we are talking about here are in total probably in the region of a thousand people. The other fifty nine thousand can come up and do that as well. And there is fans that are doing it. You just don't need, we don't need to turn on each other. What are we gaining from that by turning on each other? Absolutely nothing.
4: Mm, definitely, I, I, Alistair Bradford comes in. Everybody's blaming the fans group, but they haven't turned up. They haven't turned their own voices up over the last two games. I just don't get it. I, this needs sorted, and it needs sorted. It, it needs, it needs, it needs, sorted quick. Now, we're looking forward to the January transfer one day. Hopefully, we'll all games get completed with fans between now and January, uh, and we're looking forward to maybe getting new signings in January. There was a video released uh, this week, Colin, uh, with, with Kyogo, about how he's enjoying uh, about how he's enjoying his time in Glasgow. It was a great wee video, but one thing that jumped out at me was him saying that he misses too many chances. He admits that he's actually missed quite a lot of chances. Obviously, he watches the Celtic state of mind and and knows that we've been discussing this. What did you feel about the whole the, the whole video? Uh, and like the the vibe of the video and how it seemed how he seems to
5: be enjoying himself in Glasgow. You can't help but get that sort of warm feeling every time you see him. He's always got a smile on his face. He's always so happy. Um, look, it takes me back to when I was part of the the press conference earlier on in the season when um, when Kyogo signed. And at first, I mean, when's the last time you called him Kyogo Furuhashi? It's been Kyogo now since what? A uh, way back, at his, maybe after his first or second game. It's always been Kyogo, and that was the point that he made on the uh, on the, the press conference. I want people to know me as Kyogo. I want to be like Maradona, like Pele, like etc. The, the guy had a, a very good opinion of himself, but what he's done on the park is to show that. I remember a goalie scored earlier on in the season. And he does that and points to the back of his shirt. He wants to be the face of Japanese football. He wants to be known as Kyogo. So it's encouraging him. It's encouraging, sorry, to hear him say, I've I've missed too many chances because we think he's playing to this level. He thinks he can get to this level. And if he gets to that level then it's just going to be so exciting as a Celtic fan to watch him play. The introduction of the guys like me, and Hatate, hopefully in January, can that get an extra 10-15% out of him? I mean, the three of them, if you get that combination together, what kind of level can we hit?
4: Brian, I'm a, I'm a cynical guy. You know I'm a cynical guy. Eh? Uh, I think this video was just uh, staged sh- so they could actually show it to the three Japanese boys and go, by the way, he's can settle settling in Glasgow, <laughs> Kyogo settled in Glasgow, come here, everything's great, that, that's, that's just me though, that's just me. So, do you know what
0: I see, the did, and it gets the, the guys in, they're good players, alright, I'm, I'm, I'm alright with it, I'll take it, if we get the good players in, um, do you know what I like about Kyogo, is the fact that, I mean, he's not a kid, he's 26 or 27, he's kind of in his prime, he's came here, he's still got so much to prove, and I feel like seeing, when you New know, the column, where he says, He's been missing chances. He's got so much more to offer. Every time you hear Posta Coglu talk about the team, that's what he says. I mean, we're just at the start. we so much, you know, it's a long way to go yet. I remember when it was, uh, they Dundee done the United game and I think the reporter said to a Coglu, oh, you seem to really enjoy the goals. He says, aye, but I didn't enjoy the ones we never scored. I never enjoyed mm-hmm. the chances we missed. And I love that attitude for him because he just always wants more. And, and Kuglu seems to have that similar mindset. And I think that's what Poster sort of touched on when he was talking about buying transfers in is a certain type of mentality, a certain type of player, a certain type of human. And um Kubo seems to fit that mold exactly. And um, you know, and you know identifying these guys he wants to come in. But um, I mean um a business should be trying to tap in more to the Japanese market anyway in the steering markets and we're a bit savvy about how they, they diversify their income streams so Yeah,
5: it's maybe maybe a wee bit cynical, but I'll take it if we get some better players in. See, when I look at it, Kev, when you look at the three that's coming in, the one that excites me the most is uh, Mieda. Mieda just looks like Kyogo, but quicker. And if we thought that Kyogo was quick closing down, the speed that this guy has and his versatility, he can score where he's left, he's right, he can score from a header. He was a top goal scorer in the J League last season. Listening to the the kind of people that's been watching him out there, they think that he's better than Kyogo. And if he can get a player like that to come over to the club, I mean, I'm excited, though, what the second half can bring. The only thing is I'll be so disappointed if he doesn't live up to the standards now.
4: <laughs> aye, aye. That's the problem looking at these YouTube videos, eh? <laughs> that is a problem aye. looking at these YouTube videos. I mean, I'm sure if you look back at my extensive Sunday league career, you could probably got a good... Highlight reel <laughs> out of me coming on as a sub. How long? looking good? <laughs> maybe about two and a half minutes. Maybe coming, that's, that's looking not bad. That's good. Looking good coming on as a sub though, having a first touch <laughs> then and, and stuff like that. That's the problem with the with these these YouTube reels, Brian. They eh? they just sometimes they set you up for an absolute fall. But there's one thing for certain. My my, my does actually look quick, extremely quick. And he looks extremely bald as well. <laughs> Quick and
0: bald, that's the main characteristics. But all of it is the fact that he, can, um, he seems to be able to play in all three positions up front right, left, and through the middle um, which just gives us a bit more extra cover, a bit of a different dynamic. Um, and yeah, listen, what, what, I mean, the reason I'm so excited about these guys coming in, if they do come in, is because they've well, me played for postal call he? so he knows mm-hmm. exactly what the man's are um, Hitati seems again gone by YouTube um, seems to have an absolute engine and, and the fact he can play left back in midfield and we play a left back and put him in midfield is, is do I think he
5: can play anywhere
0: I have <laughs> up front as well the left I um, so, so we'll see but I can't wait to get him in um, and you know by contrast Hitati's hair looks fantastic <laughs> so you know, we've got James Forrest, Shota, and Hatati, and we've got the, the, the bald lad up front. So, so nice
5: balance here, nice dynamic in the team. So it's a good thing that we know a guy that can get them all ahead and shoulders at. <laughs> uh, yeah.
4: I, 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 I think I think they are going down a wrong rabbit. Hole. I like going <laughs> down rabbit holes, but this one, this one's this one's even more rabbit for me. <laughs> the the you. you Europa League conference draw was made on Monday, and it was and it was drawn first time. It didn't need did they need to get redrawn? And we got Norwegian champions Bodo Glimt. Now Bodo Glimt actually seemed like a club who have had a massive sweet spot over the last couple last couple of months, in their philosophy and their players, and also in their results, they got the eye catching result eh, beating Jose Mourinho's Roma six one eh, at home, and. They, they seem to be going really well. It, was, it is a tough draw. For me, it's a 50-50 draw. Now, if you look at the two teams at this precise moment in time, it's a 50-50 draw. But the tie's in eight weeks or 10 weeks, whenever it is.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: The Norwegian season's finished, Colin, and their, their team could could change by the time we face them in, in February. Uh, well, what did you think of the draw? Were you happy with the draw? Was it one that you, you're looking forward to?
5: In terms of um, travel for the team, I think it's a good draw. Only having to go to Norway, there were some particularly tricky ties that could have came up there. Um, it is a tough draw in terms of the team that Bodo Glimp were last season, because as you say, their season's over. They've got some fantastic players and some that have been linked to Celtic before, including Patrick Berg, although it does look as if he's going to move to RC Lens and Ligoon. So you wonder what kind of team you're going to come up against. Um, I did see an interesting start, though, that they've got a um, 5,000-seater stadium and a plastic pitch. So it's a bit like going to Hamilton away. Um, So if you're kind of used to playing teams like that, obviously it's going to be a higher standard than Hamilton. But look, over the two legs, I think, by the time we get there, they're still going to be in pre-season. We should have enough to do it. And... I look forward to the two ties because I think they're two teams that want to play exciting football. Uh, as you seen, getting a two-each two draw away at Roma as much as the 6-2 or 6-1 win at home. So it'll be, it's a team that you're kind of looking forward to to seeing, to see who will end up being linked with over the next couple of years because that's what tends to happen when we play these teams. It should be an exciting tie and hopefully our first knockout victory since 2004.
4: That, that's a horrible start that Bryony eh? first victory knockout victory since 2004 when I looked at it looked at the draw looked at the team straight away my gut instinct was we'll need a couple of goals to go across there because they, they're just eh, they, they're just coming back as Colin says they're in pre-season so I uh, wouldn't they like to go across there with, with, a, with a slender lead just basically as Colin says we're five miles for the Arctic Circle it's on a plastic pitch they hangs down he usually they they hangs down usually bode well for us.
0: No, but I think um I think you're right. Any, any draw would have been a, a tough one, regardless. One of the things that Poster Coglow's has often spoke about is he, he concentrates most on what Celtic do and the what the other team does. Um so I think I, I think any team would face its its own individual challenges, but the, the fact that they're not playing a competitive game before the players is surely an advantage for us. So that's really good. The fact we're not travelling much as Colin touched on, is really good. Plastic pitch scares me a bit. Um, but again, the fact that we should be getting players back to that team with full strength and strengthening in the January transfer window if all goes according to plan, I'm quite, quite optimistic about it. And I say that's so no disrespectful against against um, the, the Norwegians because I think I'd have felt that we to get into any of the ties, honestly. Um, I think that Parkhead playing well with the transport I, I would have been confident we could get the result. I know against Bayer Leverkusen we, we, we lost D2 but I think the, the performance was excellent and you know a bit, a bit more luck, a bit more energy in the team towards was end, and I probably saw that out and that would been a huge scalp and I don't think any of the teams we're going to face is as good as him. So we just need to wait and see. But again as I said at the start of the show I'll link it back it's, we'll to what happens it's going to be exciting and I can't wait.
4: Colin, I um... What's your prediction for the score tonight, just before we go? I'll go with 2-0. 2-0. Brian, what's
5: your prediction for the
4: score tonight? was yeah, It's going to be tight. I think
0: it'll
4: be the odd goal, isn't it? So, 2-1. Two, for, <laughs> for, my, for myself, uh, we've had seven one-goal victories in our last 13 games. And the fact is, we haven't got a centre forward. Probably lends me to say it's it could be a nerve jangling one goal victory or a comfortable one goal victory. When you actually watch these games back, you, um, so right, everybody, thank you so much for watching us. We had over a thousand watching us there. Uh, thank you so much. Stay safe out there. Keep yourself keep keep yourself and your family safe. Um, watch Celtic tonight. Uh, give us a like. Subscribe go on the store, my book's now on the store the, 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 the Axon Tracky Top is now on the store as well uh, if you order this week we'll hopefully get you it for Christmas as well eh? so thank you everybody for watching us up the sales and see you next week